0: Uh, welcome in. I'm Rick Aiman, that right there, Andy Lack, and today we are talking... What else, Andy? Fantasy Golf. Good to see you, bud.
1: Good to see you too, man. I am getting increasingly excited for this uh, as the weeks lead on into January, and I'm pumped to chop it up with you about it and hopefully get some more people as excited as we are.
0: Season-long Fantasy Golf. We have taken on this task of trying to build this out, uh, and I believe that the response so far has been nothing but positive. Even even Brett, who's in the chat, tell us why. Tell us why Fantasy Golf is here to stay. We'll, we'll get to that, Brett, in just a second. Uh, 522 people are already in leagues, Andy, as of right now. I don't know if that's good, bad, indifferent, but we are at least a month away from the season starting, and 522 people have committed to playing season-long Fantasy Golf.
1: Yeah, you know, I think that, There are a lot of reasons why I think this is going to work long-term and we'll get into that a little bit as well. But, you know, I think the Venn diagram for people that love golf and also play fantasy football is fairly big, Mm -hmm. right? Like I found just anecdotally with my friends, like most of the people that I know that bet on golf that play DraftKings golf also like football right? Like football is, we don't have to worry about football's popularity. Right. And once I dug into the fantasy football ecosystem, like I was completely blown away by how big of an industry it has become. So I can say at the very least that if you like fantasy football and if you like golf, this is going to be a slam dunk for you. The fantasy
0: football industry is bigger than the NFL. I think the fantasy yeah. football industry is like eighteen billion, and the NFL is like a twelve billion dollar. So, like that, the the secondary version of it, the fantasy side of it, is is bigger than the real version of it.
1: Right. Well, and I, I've <laughs> used this example to you before, but Matthew Barry in like two thousand and thirteen started out as like he's told this story before. He's like, I had to convince ESPN to let me write you know, a 500 word column on fantasy football and fast forward seven, eight years later, and he's on the pregame show for Sunday Night Football and, and, uh, you know, on, on NBC, right? And so what we've talked about before is that, you know, the only real reason why fantasy golf hasn't really taken off yet is because we haven't had people with a big enough platform ride for it. Right. There just hasn't been people that have put out fantasy golf content. Right. That's you know, there are a couple barriers for entry and that's one of them. Right. Mm-hmm. And so essentially we kind of started talking and looked around the room and we're like, hopefully we can be those people.
0: Yeah, we'll just we'll just try to tackle it ourselves. And we've mentioned uh, countless times that the the parallels are there to fantasy football. I don't think we need to rehash those, but I think it's fun that you and I are kind of in different parts of, of the process here, right? Like you're, you're going through and doing the ranks and I'm like neck deep in drafts at the moment. And it it is still just as exciting now as I hoped it was when we started talking about this six months ago.
1: Well, let's talk about some of the reasons why fantasy football has become so successful. Right. And, and on the contrary, why, something like fantasy baseball or fantasy NBA has struggled a bit, right? The idea of an event centered around one day, essentially, right? Like Sunday is really crunch time versus the NBA, for example, where it's kind of hard to calculate and keep up with. There's just a lot of work when you're basically having to do like one week of all these different games, right? Whereas it's really clean with fantasy football and fantasy golf, right? Like is this guy playing in the tournament this week? Right. right? And so what I think is cool about fantasy golf is that it is also able to take the strategy that is so intriguing about fantasy football and have that as well. Right. So what's interesting about fantasy football, right. Is that every week comes down to matchups, right? Right. And you have this waiver wire where you're trying to decide, should I start the Patriots D this week? Should I start the Steelers D this week? Well, fantasy golf actually up, like updates that strategy even more. It it makes this, it elevates the elven of strategy because of course fit, right? It's like, should I leave Tom Hoagie on my roster this week for Torrey Pines and, risk losing him for Pebble Beach in three weeks? Or should I pick up Luke Les for Torrey Pines and risk having to drop him in two weeks? You know what I mean? It is the best part of fantasy baseball, which is fantasy baseball
0: has so many matchups. There's, uh, you know, 30 different starting pitchers across 15 15- different stadiums that all play completely different and at different altitudes and all that stuff. Uh, And then it's going to all change again tomorrow when you get a bunch of different starters and a bunch of different starting lineups. But at the core, it's like, if you love matchups, it's there for you. And golf is okay. It's a different matchup every week. It's a different course every single week. It's different players every single week. It's not the overload of baseball and it's zip zipped up into a little, uh, nice little baggy, like, football is in that it lives on these certain days
1: and fantasy baseball is like, it's too much, right? Like you want, you kind of want the oversimplified process of everything coming together. I mean, do you, you're more of a bigger baseball guy than me. Do you play fantasy baseball at all? And are you a, I don't think we've ever had this conversation either. Are you a big fantasy football guy too?
0: Uh, so I used to have uh, uh, like my home league for football. That was a dynasty league that we had for a while. And then the COVID year happened and there was no interest and it, it never got picked back up. Um, I used to play fantasy baseball, but you're right. It's too much. I've played fantasy. The last time I was in a fantasy basketball league, I liked it, but it what you described earlier was the problem where I was like, okay, this I'm going to match up against, you know, Andy this week. He had 75 players play a game. I had 52. Right. And it's like, well, what was the, uh, like, well, this can't this can't be the way. This cannot be the way.
1: Right, right. And so <laughs> what golf does is it's very simple, right? You're starting and I think we should probably run through like the general format. Yeah. I I did a much bigger deep dive on this in the article that I released on Monday for rickrunger.com, and by the way, that article is completely free. We made yes. it free for the reason that we hope that it's like an educational tool for us to be able to answer probably many of the frequently asked questions, right? But essentially, it's head-to-head matchups, right? And we discussed the idea of like more of a one-and-done idea, right, where it's like total Heavily money. Discussed this, yeah, where it's like total money earned over the course of the season. And we both kind of decided that matchups is so essential for kind of the, for lack of a better term, talking smack right from week to week. And I've been in, I've been in fun drafts, like fun season long drafts where it's basically like a one and done and first season long and the momentum and the camaraderie essentially dies after week one. It's like, oh, it's week. 15 of the PGA tour season. Let me check where I'm at in the standings. But when you create these head to head matchups, and I think there's almost like a kind of beautiful variance in the sense that like, who knows, or Rick, are we going to be matched up together against when it's master's week? Like it, right. you, you kind of, ha- you kind of don't really know until it gets shaken out. But I think that is such an essential part that maybe, you know, one and done and previous iterations of season long fantasy golf was missing where we really want to lean into the camaraderie aspect of what makes fantasy football so great.
0: Yeah. So to pull back the curtain here, this is like, this is really hard to try to do not like, okay, let's pat ourselves on the back, but like, this is really hard to try to do what we're doing because you and I and, and Joe and everybody else who's involved in this, are trying to balance what we generally think is the right direction and the best way to do things for us, but with the understanding that we need to make this as popular and as interesting as possible, what should we be doing in year one, right? Because- There are things that we have talked about that we think would be awesome and might solve problems that we already foresee. But you know, season one has not even started yet. We are already foreseeing what could happen in, in season two. But there becomes a point where we have to say it's year one. Our main goal is to get people interested, our most our, our main goal is to get people involved. I believe head-to-head matchups does that because it, especially if you're playing with people that you know or people in a community, you're right. You get the the smack talk. You get the I'm playing Andy on Masters Week. You get the I beat you three out of four times this year. You get all of that that I don't think we could forego year one.
1: Yeah, right. And you you touched on something really essential too that is probably like the second biggest barrier for entry is question of where do we play right and just so everyone knows we're using fan tracks this year which i think we both can agree is like a very solid placeholder it has its limitations but it is a very solid placeholder and you know we got to use something in year one because there hasn't been any real platform that has used fantasy golf in the past too but like We're laying, I would say we're laying the breadcrumbs for us to be able to play on Rick Run Good in the upcoming years.
0: That would be, that would be the ideal goal, right? If enough people get interested in this to the point where we can create our own thing. And to your point, fan tracks, it, it is completely fine. That is how I rate it. I do not think it's amazing. I do not think it's terrible. I think it is fine. It is clear, and they are not alone in this, that, for most sites that even offer golf which is not a lot in general all yeah. they've done is they've taken their football product and they've reskinned it for golf and there are things that don't make sense there are things you're like well you clearly don't understand the schedule no live
1: scoring yeah. yeah it's
0: just it's just like super bizarre so yes the the goal would be to find either find something or build something that is golf specific to solve some of these problems that we have but f- for right now It's fan tracks. It'll end up getting the job done and we'll kind of see where we go from there.
1: Yeah. And just so people know, creating a hosting platform (laughs) for fantasy golf, let alone anything, is like incredibly time consuming and going to take a lot of work. So I think we're in a pretty good spot where we can see what the interest is like in year one and kind of gauge you know, how much time we should put into expediting the process of putting it on rickrungoods.com, because that's like a big endeavor, right? Like that is going to take some time. It's going to cost like a hundred
0: thousand dollars in six months at minimum, right? right. right? Like it is a
1: huge, huge,
0: huge project you'd be taking on.
1: Right. Right. And again, I think both of us think that it is probably worth it long-term if we can kind of get the ball rolling and we see that the interest is there and the momentum is there, but yeah, I think this first year, and that's why I've always said about, you know, I said this at the bottom of my article as well. Like we welcome feedback. We, we want you, we want you to tell us like, Hey, we think this is working. Hey, we think that's not working. Right. Like I would say that we're probably in like the top 0.001 percentile of like, interest in fantasy sports and fantasy golf. And I think we have a pretty good sense of the ecosystem and, and what are the ecosystems limitations? What are the reasons why the ecosystem is good? But like, we want this to be a year where people tell us like, Hey, I would change this. Right. Because you think about football Rick, Mm -hmm. and it's like all these different micro industries were spawned off the main kind of idea of this is a format that we can all agree on. And then probably in year two or year three, someone was like, Hey, you know, it would be really cool. Dynasty leagues. Yeah. Hey, you know, it would, really cool? <laughs> hey, you know would be really cool. leagues. Hey, you know, it would be really cool. ball. Right. So, right. so we hope it evolves.
0: For, for sure. And, and I imagine it will, there are, so there's a question here from Tim uh, who says he's been doing season long fantasy golf. Which is awesome since the eighties, but, but a different format. So he says, What's the best draft strategy for these upcoming drafts? Now I will tell you, Andy, I am <laughs> uh I'm I can go rogue here because I am on the clock right now in <laughs> in a draft, and we can make a pick together live, kind of talk oh, to the strategy a little bit. So I I think that's something we should do.
1: Yeah. Who, so right. where are you in the draft? All
0: right. Well, here's what I'll do. I'll, I'll pull it up. We'll look at the, we'll look at everything. Uh, but we're, we'll run Andy's ad real quick and I'll, I'll pull it up on the other side. <laughs> I want to take a second to talk about athletic greens, which has become a staple in my daily routine. And for those of you who have been following for a while, you know that I take gut health very seriously. So I started taking AG one as an attempt to get everything down there under control. And I've been taking it for a few weeks, and I feel much better throughout the day. I'm having way less acid reflux, and I've been able to stay focused for longer when I'm sitting in front of a computer. It's one scoop of a green drink that I take first thing in the morning, and I know what you're thinking, a green drink. Drink Like, trust me, I've I've tried all of them and most have a chalky or a chunky taste to them, which is not great. Most smell horrible. I'll I'll admit all of that. Uh, athletic Greens for me bucks that trend. It's smooth there's there's no chunks the smell is is just fine and it's easy enough for me to get get it down when I take it at 5 30 in the morning. It's legit 75 high quality vitamins, probiotics, and adaptogen so it's no surprise that I'm actually feeling better and when I rattle off the benefits, it sounds like it's going to be really expensive. Uh, It's quite reasonable. It comes out to about $3 a day. And I tell my wife all the time, there is no price that I wouldn't pay to feel good, especially gut stuff, because it controls so much other things that go on in your body. So imagine paying $3 a day to feel good. That's some of the best ROI I could ever imagine. Um, so if you want to get involved, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of um, immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Uh, visit athleticgreens.com slash 300 yards. Again, that's athleticgreens.com 300 yards to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance andy lack is one of the nerdiest golf guys that i know and i mean that as an absolute compliment his knowledge of course architecture allows him to create some of the most actionable course previews available and he offers up pure expertise on his own podcast the inside golf podcast Twice a week, he offers course breakdowns, DFS, and betting strategy for every PGA Tour event. And he expands the universe by bringing on entertaining and knowledgeable guests who can offer a different viewpoint of the game that we love. Follow Inside Golf Pod on Twitter and download Inside Golf wherever you download podcasts. All right, here's here's the board. I'm I'm on the clock, Andy. So this is the fifth round. I had the fourth overall pick. It went Scheffler, Rory, Rom. I took JT. I yeah. have been diversifying a little bit here, Andy. I will admit, um, I have a lot of Patrick Cantlay. I have a lot of Tony Finau. I did not have JT in much to this point, and that fourth spot was kind of tough for me. So I opted for JT, and then it gave me. Uh, it gave me a really unique build thus far where I have Justin Thomas, Sung J M, Sahith Tagala, and Cameron Davis to this point.
1: So you have the 34th pick right now. 8, 16, 24. Yeah, I think it says. I just can't really two, see
0: it. No, it's got to be 33, 34, 35.
1: This is the 36th pick. Okay, do you want to take a wild guess at who's number 36 on my big board <laughs> is that person still <laughs> available to me <laughs> uh it's so hard to see um uh, yeah because i don't know if guys that they're probably a few guys that are ahead of the number 36 guy that are available to you but you want to take a wild guess yeah i'm looking at it right now it does not seem like he has been taken yet uh oh he has it was russell henley right. okay i i would not have i
0: would have probably guessed sheamus or something like that
1: yeah. he Seamus is, is, is right in that mix as well is um, has Maverick McNeely been drafted? Yes, he has.
0: Yes. He just went this is, uh, this first is just, pick of the fourth round.
1: This is excellent podcasting, by the way, Tim, I promise I'll, we'll circle back to kind of <laughs> answering your question at a more macro level. Okay. Let me give you the guys that I have ranked 28th, through 38th. Okay. And for sure, one of those guys will be available. So Sahith Tagala, Seamus Power, Keegan Bradley, Maverick McNeely, Davis Riley, Taylor Montgomery, Taylor Pendrith, Adam Scott, Mm. Russell Henley, Keith Mitchell, and Jason Day. Okay. So
0: I I think we have the guy. So I, um, I have a similar ish set. I'm, I'm higher on like Sahith. I'm, you know, yeah. we're, we're, but for the most part, that's the type of names I was expecting to hear. So the highest guy that I have left and he was one that you mentioned was Keith Mitchell.
1: Yeah. I like the pick rec.
0: So Keith Mitchell, uh, will, will be my pick here in the fifth round. So now it's going to go to risk nerd who is actually in the chat. So he can tell us who he's going to pick right now. <laughs> uh, we're actually coming off of Brian's pick. Brian just took Taylor Pendrith. He's in the chat as well. Uh, at 5.3, I took Keith Mitchell at 5.4 and now risk nerd has to, has to pick at five five.
1: <laughs> All right. We'll stick with us. Rick nerd, risk nerd. I want to hear it. Um, but circling back to uh, Tim's kind of interesting. I like that for their, for the reference, I have Harman ranked 42nd. So probably right around uh, what you would think. Uh, but circling back to trying to answer Tim's question at kind of, you know, more of a macro level, um, I write a lot about this, right? And I think there are a lot of interesting strategic predicaments. I think the biggest elephant in the room is like, where do you draft the live players? Right. And, and for me, I call it the Lipsky line. Right. Where it's like you're basically having to ask yourself do four starts from Dustin Johnson, Cam Smith, Joaquin Neiman, Bryson, Brooks, etc. Like those guys are must starts on major weeks, right? Like the, you are plugging them in to your lineup on a major week. And probably all of them, with the exception of maybe like if Bryson or Brooks is hurt. DJ and Cam are going to be under 25 to one at every major this year, right?
0: Cam Smith is currently within the top four or five of the betting odds at all four majors right now.
1: Right. And, you know, I don't know how much that is going to change. I mean, we'll probably see one player on the PGA tour. Like, you know, if, if Hovland wins Tory Pines or if John Rahm kind of goes on a run or like if, I don't know, Sam Burns wins the players championship, right? Maybe those odds Shift a little bit. But the way that you have to think about it, Rick, is like, you know, once you get into the guys that I have ranked around the lift players, which is like David Lipsky, mm-hmm. uh Kevin Strillman, Andrew Putnam, right? Like, are there four times on the schedule where you feel really comfortable locking those guys in for four starts? Because if you can get, and you've done such a great job of like kind of articulating what is a valuable start, right? Like you kind of talked about like, what's a scrub start? What's an elite start, right? But you need to ask yourself the question, like, are there four times on the schedule where I'm going to feel pretty comfortable putting, you know, David Lipsky as my, as starting him, as rolling that guy out? And if the answer is no, like if it's a guy who you don't feel comfortable starting anywhere, like it's kind of like a squirmy face, Anytime right. you start him at any event, then you should probably take the live guys over them, right? I agree.
0: Uh, here is an example where I did uh, so. Uh, Cam Smith, I got in the final round of this draft right here, my twelfth pick. So, so, so what
1: Rick, was that overall Rick?
0: Um, well, how many player?
1: How many guys so, are in your draft?
0: So it's ninety six in total, and I had so he went he went ninety fourth.
1: Okay, I have him 89th.
0: Okay, so he (laughs) went right between Mark Hubbard and Davis Thompson. Right. So are you going to feel comfortable? (laughs) So you'll get a lot more starts out of Mark Hubbard and a lot more starts out of Davis Thompson, but are you ever going to be like, yeah, like this is like I'm very confident starting him this week when now when I get to major championships and Cam Smith is an absolute no brain starter for me. I add him to no brain starters of Patrick Cantlay, Victor Hovland, Will Zalatoris. Now I've got a fourth no brain starter at major championships.
1: Right. And like, I think it's important to kind of like an interesting test case for me is Webb Simpson, who I have ranked a little bit higher than the live players. Not much, but a little bit. Um, I have him like 81st and the web guys are like 89th and 90th. But Webb Simpson is a player where kind of regardless of form, there's like four to six tournaments where you feel pretty damn good putting him in your lineup, right? Like Webb Simpson should be started at the of Championship. Webb Simpson should be started at Sony. You know, he should be start. It's a bummer that we don't get like the RSM or the Shriners, but because that would make Webb even more valuable. Right. But like, that's kind of the line for me, right? Where it's like, okay, are there... A couple times at least where this guy is going to be under 50 to one on the odds board, right? And, you know, the answer for a lot of those questions is once you start looking at the 70s and the 80s of my rankings, the answer is no. But it's also important to, like, let me ask you a question Who do you have higher, the live guys or Chris Goddard?
0: Well, I. Don't think I have Chris gotter up ranked because he doesn't have status.
1: Yeah, right. So like, wait, well, he's gonna play? I mean, he I played have him, like I'm sorry, 10- I have
0: him. I have him ninetieth, and I have I have Cam Smith as my highest ranked live golfer at seventy four. I have right. DJ at eighty one. I have Neiman at eighty six, and I've got her up at ninety.
1: Right. So you're actually a little bit higher on the live guys that I am. I have them kind of all bunched and, together. And in those are the only 80s. three that I have I don't, I, I did, I didn't get to Bryson. I didn't even get to Brooks. Okay. So are you doing top 100? I only did top 100 with like some honorable mentions.
0: I did. I literally did top 96, which is how many
1: drafts, Right. Players. Yeah. Right. Right. So yeah. I mean like guys like Patrick Reed are just kind of like missing the, they're just they're. I don't think they're valuable enough. And, and you know, a guy like, um, Chris got her up what's another good example? Hayden Buckley, right? I
0: have have so much Hayden Buckley.
1: Yeah. Even somebody like Callum Taron or Nick Hardy or Taylor Moore, we don't know how good those guys are yet. Right. And so maybe, maybe we look back on this. There's going to be undeniably one guy where we look back in August and are like, can you believe that dude? Like a, it turns into like a Taylor Montgomery or Sahith Thegala, or even a couple of years ago, like some guy. Every single season, it happens. Whether it be Sam Burns a couple of years ago, Max Homa a couple of years ago, like they make the leap and change completely how we think of them. And so, a lot of the ways that I'm looking at like the '60s and the '70s on my draft board is like, okay, does this guy have the potential to change the narrative around him? Like. We know who Matt Kuchar is at this point. Correct. Like, there's Matt Kuchar isn't changing, right? But we don't really know who Justin Saw is at this point. You know what I mean?
0: For for sure, it's the it's the known entity versus unknown entity. Which one gets you more excited? All that uh, all that stuff. How do you weigh it? Um, speaking of excitement, so we have kind of alluded to this. I don't know how much we have actually disclosed it. And there's going to be a lot more stuff coming in the next couple of weeks. But one month from today. One month from today, January 7th, is going to be our draft. And it's this league that we put together where we try to find a lot of really committed uh, managers who can advocate for fantasy golf. And we kind of went a little crazy, Andy, and we said screw it. We'll just do the whole thing in Vegas.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, listen, no notes. Like I am just incredibly pumped for this. I haven't been to Las Vegas since prior to the pandemic, right? Like I haven't even really in my entire life had a true Las Vegas experience where I've, you know, placed bets and all that stuff. And so, you know, I, 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 I can't illustrate how excited I am for, for that experience, But also I think the idea of this gold standard league Mm -hmm. is really smart, right? Because this allows people to kind of follow along with us and maybe hopefully be invested in our season. And what it also does cover Rick is, and I talked about this a lot in my article, but one of the biggest barrier for entry for season long fantasy golf is that there needs to be contact there needs to be content around it. Right. And fantasy football for me, like I am not a fantasy football sharp. I do not. I am not able to articulate my thoughts and my process around fantasy football the way that I am with golf. Right. And so I actually consume a lot of fantasy football content, whereas I don't consume any golf content because I am borderline over reliant on my own process. But fantasy football I really enjoy podcasts week to week talking about rankings like and I really and I rely to make my decisions on people's weekly rankings and so hopefully what we're doing by this league is not just is the draft going to be really fun but you know I'm gonna write I'm gonna make rankings every week right and share those rankings with people and answer start sit questions and like integrating that is such a, such, I can't emphasize this enough, such a, such a crucial role in this becoming a success.
0: It's a massive role. It's a massive role. I think we have a really good mix of people. We'll announce all of that soon. We've got logos and branding coming, but again, no, no small feat to get, uh, eight people from all over the country to one spot on one date. So we are going to be at uh blue wire (laughs) studio inside win las vegas if you're gonna be there january 7th uh they will pump it out into the hallway you can stand outside the window and and watch we'll probably get into some trouble after that but my my other point being we've had to lean on the community on this and right we've reached out to um you know the partnerships that we have to try to figure out like hey who's Interested in supporting this cause, and I will tell you, not every brand out there is interested in supporting the season-long fantasy cause. Okay, I will, yeah. I will tell you that. So, I really want to make an effort to support those that are supporting us because, yeah, we did get turned down on some stuff, and the ones that are going to ride with us, like we should ride with them.
1: A hundred percent. This feels like a perfect transition to start talking about some of it. Yeah. Bro, Rick, tell us about bro throw. Okay.
0: I really enjoy bro throw. Um, uh, it is peer to peer betting. So what's, what's the worst part Andy, about making a bet? The vig, the juice, the vague. right? Yep. Okay. So the idea for a hundred million years, probably less than that. I don't think sports betting has been around for a hundred million years, but the idea has always been to get less vig, less juice, or I thought the blockchain would fix this, Andy. I thought there was going to be uh, a blockchain where you could go on there and, and get matched up at minus 101 odds or whatever, and that has yet to come to fruition as far as I'm aware.
1: Right. Well, let me ask you a question. Do you know what the absolute dumbest bet is in sports? Uh, tell me. The coin flip in the Super Bowl.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, because it's minus because it's minus one minus 105 heads. <laughs> Literally,
1: just turn to the person next to you and say, "Hey, you want to you want to bet the coin flip for me?" Okay, right.
0: That's what bro throw is. Bro throw right. is turning to the person next to you and saying, "Bet me without the vig, without the juice." Except the person next to you is like thousands of people online. Okay, right. And it creates this community. And actually, I just learned this. So I there, there's a link in the description. It's brothrow.com/slash/rick, which invites you. So this is invite only because they have this. It's not a vetting system, but like you've got to sign up and you've got to like give like your real name because at the end of the day, when a bet is settled, uh, you just Venmo, you just cash app, you just, it's all, it's all done basically through the app to settle everything up. But if you use the link, you get into the Rick Rungood group and then you can throw out bets. Oh, look, Scott has a bet out here. You can throw out bets just to the group. Okay. So you know that anyone that, who accepts your bet is like a run gooder so I'll accept this so Scott has a bet out right now he wants over 52 and a half lions and Vikings I don't okay'll I'll just take I, the under yeah sure I like I like the under there <laughs> I don't know enough about okay so I'll take his under for 20 uh I'll put my pin in take this bet but that's it. 20 to win 20. His is the same thing. No juice, no vig. When this settles up on Sunday or Sunday afternoon, uh, I will either cash app him or Venmo him. He'll do the same to me. And that's it.
1: God, this has to be like a nightmare for sports books. Is there a way to like, do you have to, where's the accountability come in? Like, do you have to enter your Venmo or cash app when you make an account?
0: So you, um, you get your identity verified when you sign up. So it's okay. like, it's like one of those online verifications, right? Like it asks you it'll give you like an option of what your three, one of your last three addresses or something is. Sure. And so it'll verify you through that process, basically just, uh, to make sure you're a real person. And then they have a really strict, they've like really strict rule. Like if you get caught like welching on a wager ever, like good luck. And they, so they sent me the numbers. I don't know if they want me to release the numbers, but I will tell you, um, they, the payouts are like 99.99% of the money that's gone through.
1: Right. And, and also by the way, like you illustrated the coolest part about it is that you don't really have to do it with strangers, right? Like you can create a group with all of your friends and just do it that way. Like I'm sure we'll have one, like with our fantasy golf league or, you know, the yeah. people that we talk golf with and enjoy sports with anyway. So it kind of solves the uncertainty of, um, you know, having to make bets with strangers,
0: right? So you can see all the outstanding bets that are there, or you click the games. I mean, they've literally every game, uh, NCAA basketball, Sienna versus Georgetown, like uh, over under sides totals, uh, you throw it out there, somebody accepts it, and it's actually been really, really good. Uh, I'm mean, I, there was one, there was one week, Andy. There was one week, uh, when we were down at in Sea Island that it was that ran during a golf week, and they had right. like twenty five different matchups, which is way more than like what a lot of these other sites would yeah. give you. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, that's sick. Um, at, yeah, yeah. So that's a really good partner for us to have. I think it aligns with a lot of the things yeah. that we're already doing. And we've got Jock Market on board too, right?
0: Yeah. So so Jock Market's on board. They've they've been a great partner through and through. Uh, Bro throws on board. I won't announce the others yet, but I think I got a couple more in the works. And these are just, especially, the, I mean, Jock Market's the same. Sign up, put your 10 bucks on, whatever, get your deposit bonus. Bro throws free to sign up. Oh, the other thing is, It's not a sports book, Andy. So it's available in every single state. That is an issue we run into all the time. That's unreal. Yes, because all it is is peer to peer betting. So literally, you don't like. uh, There are no barriers to entry.
1: Sick. That's awesome. Yeah, and I think again, like the we want to always try and partner with things that fit with like what we're trying to do. That's why you know Prize Picks, for example, has been such a enjoyable partner for the show that we do every Tuesday. And I think what we're trying to accomplish at a macro level, not to sound like kind of too sappy here with what I'm about to say, but we're trying to create like an ecosystem that connects people, right? Yes. And and yes. that expands and grows this industry that we're so passionate about. I was talking to you off air right before we went hot, but I somehow like, wrote 7,500 words last night and this morning on like players that probably won't even be drafted, right? Like on Andrew Putnam and Brendan Steele and stuff like that. And it's like, we are so passionate in this. Like you, you really can't fake the passion. And that was the case with Matthew Barry, right? Like that was, he was able to say like, and it came through in his writing. I remember reading his column every single week and being like, man, this guy. I wish I loved something as much as Matthew Barry loves fantasy football. Right. So honestly, we hope that our passion yeah. can kind of shine through and, and, and people can get as excited about this as we are.
0: Yeah. That's the point. I, I just accepted Scott's wager and he just sent me a message on Slack. Like that's the community we're building, right? Like right. that's, that's the idea. So brothrow.com slash Rick, that's the invite. link. you have to be invited to get in and that will invite you into the Rick run good. Like that, actual group. You can go outside that group or you can put stuff just in that group or accept bets or, or do whatever you want, but, um, should be great. What, 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 what problems are we going to run into? Right. Cause I, I do not begin to imagine that we have solved everything from day one. What, what issues are we going to run into with this?
1: Well, and we talked about this over text a couple of days ago, but we really want to avoid a situation where something just objectively doesn't make sense, right? Like a situation where we are over reliant on how many times a player is playing. Right. Right. Like for example, we, we don't want, you know, manipulators, right. We don't want situations and loopholes that players are able to manipulate. And that's why we were discussing the other night, like, Oh no, no, what if we've created a system where how much you play ends up being more important than how good you are, right? Like under no circumstances should somebody who plays 30 times be drafted over like an elite player that plays 16 times. It's part of the equation, especially once you get towards either the bottom of the top of the board where it should be something you think about, right? Like for example, If you're deciding between, I don't know, Adam Scott and Taylor Pendrith, like is the fact that Taylor Pendrith plays a lot more than, than Adam Scott, like, should that be part of your decision-making process? Absolutely. It should. But I think one of the obstacles, and I'm sure we'll run into more, and we were able to kind of talk that one out. And now it kind of makes sense to me where it's like, no, you it really is for the format that we currently have. Like you want the best players that like, like, so, so I'm sure we'll run into a couple more about that down the road. But I think like the biggest thing that I would be worried about is like, we are creating a product that doesn't make logical sense to people and people are able to find, Loopholes, if that makes sense.
0: Yes, it's definitely going to be part of the equation. But if we get to the point where the top 10 picks in the draft are Sahif, Denny McCarthy, Adam Svensson,
1: right? Sanjay yeah, who, yeah who's like, great. But... we've
0: we have failed, right? right? We have failed in setting this up. If those are the top picks, are they going to be more valuable than some of their other peers? Sure, because they're going to play a lot. But sure. what we were talking about is even if you got, you know, 18 starts from Rory versus 26 from Sahif or Sahif might like from Denny McCarthy, you are 100% locked in on Rory being a starter every single week. It's not a question. It's a no brainer. These other guys, you will have to like, you might never feel comfortable starting them.
1: (laughs) Right. And, and again, like that's why we said, and I'll continue harking back to this is like, we want feedback. And I'm going to be, you know, I'll try and be like very active in the Rick Warren Good Slack channel, right? Like answering these questions of people saying like, hey, you know, I noticed this in my draft or I thought about this or, but, you know, what do you think about this as an idea, especially in its infancy, especially in this first year? Um, So again, like I hope that the community plays a really giant role in this.
0: What other issues are are, are we at all concerned? I'm I'm not generally concerned about this, but are we concerned just nobody cares.
1: <laughs> you know, I'm not concerned that I'm not concerned that no to be nobody cares, but I do think that we have a tough and big responsibility to get it right. Right. And we have already spent a ton, especially you, by the way, a ton of time like figuring out how to make this work right and and it's a tough position to be in that if we kind of whiff on this right i don't know who's going to be in a better position than us to try this out again in like five years right like this is the perfect um mix of people that are passionate about it the perfect time right like this is all setting up kind of perfectly for us so i am worried about the burden that we hold in uh, you know, making this work. But I do think there's interest. And I mean, it's so hard to gauge like how do we know how much Twitter matters? right? right. Like I, like how do we you know it's so I'm getting people asking me questions on Twitter, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Like like it's I, I struggle with this so often is like we're in this very closed niche. Kind of closed bubble of Twitter where it seems like people care on Twitter, but I don't know who else cares.
0: Which, which it was also something that we considered when creating this kind of gold standard league is to get people involved from other mediums, right? Get people involved that are not living in the same Twitter bubble that we are and to try to expand one or two layers further than that uh still being like a huge golf person but being able to say okay I, my my interests and things align with a different group of people.
1: Rick, is this your introduction into announcing our launch of our TikTok channel?
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, it will be very boring, but you should you should uh you should follow our TikTok.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean honestly, it it you know, all jokes aside, like that's been kind of like a little bit of a miss for me that I've kind of really underestimated is like my podcast doesn't have an Instagram account. I have over ten thousand followers on Twitter and like five hundred followers on Instagram from like my friends from college, right? You know what I mean? So, um, again, like we want this to be as wide reaching as possible. Um, and again, we are super, super open and welcoming to like, don't abuse that. Right. Like, don't, don't like be an asshole to us about like, this sucks. Right. But, you know, we really hope that people are, you know, juiced for this as we are.
0: Yeah. So moving forward, obviously, um, lots of content that's coming out on the Rick Run Good YouTube channel. Andy is putting it out not only on his channels, but also via article on rickrungood.com, um, rank it. I mean, we're not going to super reinvent the wheel here, right? The, the bohemian, the bohemian of, yeah. of fantasy football has shown us the way it's, it's, it's draft stuff, it's rankings. It's then going to turn into start sits and all that fun stuff.
1: Yeah. So again, like you will get 7,500 words on the players that I have ranked 100 through 81st right so I hope people read it right you know yeah. I I really hope people read it but yeah we're gonna like the playbook is there Rick right like you know fantasy football content is really good like I really enjoy it I consume a lot of it like like you said we don't need to reinvent the wheel so like I think on the upcoming weeks like again I'll be releasing my big board on Rick run good incrementally but like we'll have conversations over the next couple of weeks on this channel you know kind of ranking debates, right. Start discussing the biggest discrepancies between our personal rankings. And, you know, we can hopefully start answering some questions about people that are starting to make their own rankings.
0: Yeah. So we'll close on this because Alex, um, asks, asks a question. He says, are there still leagues open? So the answer to that is, is yes. And, um, there will be, there might be a link in the description. If not, Armina will put it in right now. Uh, and you can refresh. That will take you to the Substack page for it'll it'll have all the information. Now, I'll tell you, Alex. People are a lot quicker to join the leagues that I create, whether <laughs> I'm participating in them or not, uh, versus creating their own. Creating your own league and putting it onto the spreadsheet and let letting people join it will take about three minutes, and you can fill up a league yourself. I am um, also planning on launching. A couple dozen more as we get closer with like the same launch date and all that stuff. I'm not going to participate in all of them, but like it feels like me creating it has been able to fill it a lot faster. So, yes, there are leagues still open. There will be more coming. Or if you want to create your own and put it in the spreadsheet, it'll fill very quickly. The spreadsheet fills very quickly no matter what. But people don't like to create the leagues, Andy. They like to have me create them.
1: Yeah, Alex, I'll play fantasy golf with you you know i i'm 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 looking for a third league i have our big league i also have another league with some of my friends but i i mean what are you how many i found with fantasy football like three is the magic number are you a seven league guy are you yeah i can already tell Uh, i'm i'm at
0: eight right now i that's too much for me i feel overextended I feel I feel like I'm, that is going to come back and bite me. Now, luckily, I was able to stagger the drafts. So it was like basically two yeah, drafts yeah. a week for for four weeks. <laughs> I'm nervous when I get to like the first waiver wire that I've got to go through eight leagues right. and all that stuff. But um, I don't think I'll be getting in anymore. Let's just say that.
1: <laughs> okay, so last question to all of those leagues, all of the eight, do they all have a buy-in? And how much what is the percentage of like people that you know in each league
0: um uh, I I I basically know no one right outside of <laughs> like hey they might be rick run good subscribers or might be in the slack I just right. threw it in the spreadsheet and anybody who wanted to get in got in um so I didn't like hit up my friends or anything like that and then yes they all have a buy-in they stagger from uh I think a hundred bucks to so I think I'm in like a hundred 150 200. 300 400 500 ours is a thousand um is it really a is-
1: thousand I forgot about that no hell yeah I love it yeah that's good that, I mean, is, I figured, that is really good
0: it sounds like a lot but I was like well that's like 35 bucks a week and I'm gonna yeah bet like way more than that
1: yeah no my my home fantasy football league um which we have had for seven years um you know these are guys that I grew up with and went to high school with We have um, increased the buy in by $100 every single year. So now it's up to $700. And mind you, Rick, like I am compensated very well for uh, the work that I put in for you. And my podcast, luckily, has been able to be profitable. But like all of my friends now work on Wall Street. Um, but I still join the league every single year because I know that I have an edge because I'm going to put more time into it than they are. Um, so I, you know, I, I, I look at it as, as an investment for me. I don't know if I'm going to have the edge in our league per se. I'm kind of nervous about you and Steve and Joe and stuff. Um, but I, you know, I, I'm super, super pumped for it.
0: Yeah. It'll, it'll be fun. And golf is crazy. Anyway, when half my team goes to live in February, it's like, <laughs> I'll just be uh donating my thousand um, dollars. Okay. Awesome. Awesome stuff. So Andy available at ADP lack sports, the link in the description will get you all the information that you need. Yes. Things are still open. Drafts are going on right now. We're going to draft live in Las Vegas on January 7th. If anybody wants to come watch, um, Armina does all the hard work behind the scenes, and I think that'll do it. We'll catch you guys next time.
1: Cheers, buddy.